Are you ready to experience the rich interconnection of spirituality, orientation, and identity? If so, plan to attend Liberating Your Divine Identity, a retreat at Unity Village during Pride Month, June 9th to the 12th. This soul-filled retreat is facilitated by LGBTQIA plus Unity Ministers with workshops and ceremonies to cultivate a deeper awareness of our spiritual nature. Register at unityvillage.org forward slash I am divine 2022. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, offering insights and practices for spiritually conscious living today. With Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. To ask questions or join in the discussion, email us at the Yoga Hour at UnityOnlineRadio.org. Now, here's your host, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, our time to open our hearts and our minds to the infinite. I'm Yogacharya O'Brien, and today I'll be sharing some insights and time-tested practices from the ancient system of Kriya Yoga, a philosophy and practice for spiritually conscious, fulfilled living in today's world. Yoga is a familiar word to most people today, but not everyone knows that it means oneness, union, or unity, and it refers to bringing our attention and our awareness to consciously connect with our essential spiritual nature, to be restored to our original wholeness, knowing our true spiritual nature and living in harmony with it. And that's right on track for today's topic, which is new pathways and possibilities breaking through to your best self now. Authenticity is the key that we have for accessing our greatest inner power to lead fulfilling lives. To live and lead authentically requires us to break through limiting views that we hold about ourselves, about others, and our relationship with the infinite, our innate sense that we have within us all the time that more is possible, more wisdom, more love, more peace, more courage, more joy arises from that infinite power that is already within us. So joining us today is Baron Baptiste, international yoga teacher and best-selling author, um, to explore this topic of personal development and life transformation. We're going to be drawing inspiration from his book that is titled Being being of Power, the Nine Practices to Ignite an Empowered Life. And you can find out more about his teaching schedule and his writings on his website, which is baronbaptiste.com. That's B-A-R-O-N-B-A-P-T-I-S-T-E.com. Welcome, Baron. I'm delighted um, to have you join us on the Yoga Hour today. Thank you for having me. It's, it's wonderful to be here with you. 
Great. Before we dive into our conversation about authenticity, let's let's take a moment um, just to connect more deeply with ourselves in a moment of meditation. make a conscious beginning this morning, open our hearts and our minds to divine omnipresence, to that power that is around us and also within us, one reality called by many names, the support and the substance of all that is. So right where we are right now, let's connect with this divine essence that is present It is present as you, as me, as everyone, as everything within us, around us, between us. So in this moment, just use your breath to connect more deeply within. When you breathe in, feel that you're diving within into the infinite power, infinite presence, infinite peace that is within you. Just be aware of your breath. Notice your inhalation and exhalation without trying to change it. Just notice. As we touch our breathing with our awareness, thoughts and feelings begin to settle. We become aware of our inner nature beyond words and thoughts, beyond all change and phenomena, pure existence being, and peace emanates from the core of our being, pervades the mind, the emotional nature, the physical body. Let's remember that this peace goes with us everywhere we go today, and we can touch it anytime we bring our awareness to it. The great uh, yogi Swami Vivekananda said, Manifest the divinity within you, and everything will be harmoniously arranged around it. Manifest the divinity that is within you, and everything will be harmoniously arranged around it. Yoga teaches us that when we realize the truth of our being, of our divine nature, and we are able to come from that place, live from that, life becomes so much better, so much easier. We experience our relationship with the universe as supportive. We come into our own power, and we're able to manifest the joy and the purposeful lives that we are meant to. To lead. Um, Baron, your book just touches on the heart of this, um, how coming into contact with the truth of our being, with the power within us, leading authentic lives, really changes everything. You know, a lot of it I found is like changing our viewpoint about who we are, um, learning to live authentically. Um, tell us a little bit about what inspired you to write this book? I mean, I know you have years of working with thousands of students, um, and you've called your book Being of Power rather than 
being empowered. Um, so tell us a little bit about your focus for this book and, and what inspired you to write it. Yeah, I, um, you know, being a power is um, something that's been at the heart of uh, my teaching and my own practice. And over the years, I've, um, you know, I lead uh, workshops and trainings, and um, I've had the privilege to work with, you know, hundreds and and thousands of people. And I um, have always come back to, in my working with people and, like, in the trenches, you know, in the classroom of working with people, I always find myself coming back to authenticity as as a starting place, um, and and because what I notice is people come to yoga practice to you know often they're seeking something they're looking for something that perhaps their experience is missing in themselves in their experience of themselves and of life um, perhaps they have the experience of freedom um, missing. Um, a lack of freedom or a loss of freedom or perhaps a, a loss of their natural self-expression, their creative expression, their uh, natural kind of way of being with life and, 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 and in a free kind of way. Um, and, and, so, and a loss of peace, often a loss of peace. And it may be they're experiencing the loss of freedom and the loss of peace um, everywhere in their lives and in themselves, or maybe it's in one area of their life. Maybe it's in their um, area of their work. They don't feel that alignment, that authentic alignment um, and connection, or maybe it's in their personal relationship or um, in, in whatever, in, in their health, their physical, mental well-being and health. Perhaps there's a loss of peace, a loss of freedom, a loss of power. And so, Authenticity, uh, to me, has been this, um, this kind of theme that I've noticed in, in working with people, that when people find an area of their life or their entire life where they're missing freedom, often the, the loss of freedom or peace of mind or a loss of power or their natural expression is uh, like a flag or a sign that authenticity is also missing. And when you restore authenticity, suddenly there's a restoration of freedom, a restoration of peace, peace of mind, a restoration of creative vitality and flow. So um, authenticity is something in this book, Being a Power. I, I started writing around authenticity and about authenticity right out of my teaching experiences. So I, I literally wrote this book, Being a Power, in my trainings and, and, and during my workshops. I would, you know, at break time or in the evening after a day of teaching, I would go straight to my, um, you know, pad and pen and, and start writing down what I was um, what I was seeing was working for people in the trenches, you know, in the mm-hmm. classroom, mm-hmm. on the mat, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. 
And I really like that, um, you know, you open up in the book to tell some of your own life story um, because um, that's also where real power is, I think. You know, you're, you're sharing, you know, out of your own experience of, you know, what it was for you um, to discover, you know, how to live uh, authentically and to get down, you know, to the core of your own being. And it seems that, you know, so many of the practices um, – that you're offering, which I could um, relate, you know, to our practices in Kriya Yoga. You know, traditionally, the practices are offered, you know, not to make someone powerful, not to make someone spiritual, but the practices are simply clearing away obstacles to what is already there. And, um, yeah. you know, I experienced so many of your um, practices in that way. And, you know, um, one thing that I found running through the book was, you know, getting um, us to step out of um, various um, uh, shades of the victim position. You know that being of power is is seeing how somehow you know you hold yourself um, as a victim, and y- you start out with the first practice of um, saying, "Okay, learn to be a yes." <laughs> Tell us about being a yes. Yeah, well, it's great. I um, I appreciate what you're saying about often we can find ourselves, and I've certainly found myself many times in my life in a position of victim as if, um, well, life is doing something to me or others are doing something to me, and I have no say in the matter. And, I have, and in that, though, I'll say this about... Because things do happen to us in life, and and people do do things to us in life um, that are sometimes, you know, cruel, or things happen in life that are just not, you know, that we suffer pain and loss and um, have difficult experiences. So it's not to say that things don't happen, they do, but it's our response that um, I have had to learn that I actually have say in my response to things that happen in life. And that I'm not just just a leaf in the wind or a bottle being tossed around in the sea with no say at all and just blaming everything outside and everyone else for my experience. I do have say in my experience. And, and that's the beauty of these practices is that they give us back our, well, like the title of the book, being of power, a sense of being in, in your own power. Mm-hmm. And that is so, it's so important. And, and as you're saying, you know, realizing that, that we, um, can participate in, in a powerful way in our own lives, you know, that, that we don't have to be at reaction of things that occur, no matter how difficult they are, you know, that becomes a place. Um, it becomes an opportunity for us, um, to find our power and to find grace and to find, um, support. Um, I'm, Come back again to telling us about yes. Um, what is it to be mm-hmm. a yes? <clears throat> well, yes. It, so the first practice of the book, as you mentioned, is be a yes. And, um, you know, that can sound very cliche. It can sound like a bumper sticker. It can sound, well, just be a yes, like a cheerleader. And that's not how I'm referring to being a yes. Being a yes as a practice is Keeping your eye, I'll say it like this, is keeping your eye on your northern star. 
or on your inner true north. So what you value in, in life, what's in your heart and what's important to you in your values and, and what you value um, as a human being and who you want to be for yourself, for your life, and who you want to be for others, being a yes being a, is, is also, we could say, is being a stand for, standing for what, what's really in your heart and what's important. And no matter what your circumstances and no matter what you're going through in life, uh, you can stand for that higher possibility, the possibility of what's in your heart being manifest mm-hmm. in every situation, all of the time, everywhere, with everyone, on the yoga mat, in a yoga pose, or in every pose, in every moment of your life, off the mm-hmm. mat. Mm, that's beautiful. So it's really a practice of committing to uh, to live in our power, as you would say, and to not lose ourself, um, regardless of you know what we're doing, but to stay uh, connected to the to the deepest core of our being and to living out what is most important to us. And you know, one of the obstacles that comes up, I think, um, and certainly I've experienced it, and I know you have from reading your book, that you know when we are living in our power and we're willing to follow that north star and be inspired and move forward in life, not everybody approves and not everybody (laughs) likes us um and so you know what about that (laughs) yes it's like that isn't it you know um i i it's so like that you know i think that we all have to deal with what stops us inside of ourselves in our our own minds our own self-talk our thought systems we all have to deal with what is happening in what stops us inside ourselves and what stops us outside of ourselves. The, you know, the voices on the outside um, from others. And I think that can take different forms. Sometimes it's people very close to us that, you know, if we're changing and growing and evolving and expanding in ourselves and, and um, that's our, what we're committed to is expanding and growing as, as a human being, then that can that messes with the status quo and people can feel threatened by that. And often I've experienced it. Often people are threatened because they're worried that you might leave them or outgrow them or not love them anymore. So um, I think there's a way to take responsibility for your own life experience and for others experience of you as you are moving through new spaces and growing and um, to invite people along. And that has a way of stopping what, um, uh, how can I say this? That has a way of working with the energy that's out externally and others that might try and stop you. It's, it's like using kind of a psychic or a jujitsu you know, you're energetically in- inviting your environment and others around you to expand with you uh, rather than having them experience a disconnect and from you. Mm-hmm. It, it, and it, um, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And I and thank you. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. I just was. I wanted to just add that I can I can just feel that as a kind of jujitsu as you as you say that because what you're what you're pointing out is this opportunity that we have even when there's the potential or the actual experience of somebody resisting our growth or our change. Um, what you're describing is is actually our power to make a bigger space. Um, mm. in our lives to make a bigger space inside of ourselves, you know, so we don't set up that dynamic of resisting, you know, somebody else's uh, input. So we just sort of make a bigger space for it. And um, that's a that's an empowering um, way to be, you know, for ourselves and, and for others. So that's a beautiful description. We're getting ready to head into the break. And when we come back, um, let's, let's touch on... Um, this practice for authenticity that you talk about, um, which is getting comfortable with not knowing. Uh, you're listening to the Yoga Hour with today's guest, Baron Baptiste. Um, his website is baronbaptiste.com. And we're drawing from his book today, Being of Power, The Nine Practices to Ignite an Empowered Life. We'll be right back. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. This programming is made possible through the generous love offerings of listeners like you. If you feel spiritually fed by this programming, we invite you to contribute. Go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Chris Michaels, host of Healing Your Life on Unity Online Radio, is an author, life coach, national speaker, and the founder and spiritual director of the Center for Spiritual Living in Kansas City, Missouri. Through his writing, coaching, and speaking, Chris has helped thousands of people understand the basic spiritual principles that govern our lives. In his book, Your Soul's Assignment, he reminds us that we each have something to do here on Earth, a unique purpose to our lives. If you're interested in discerning what is yours to do, are looking for practical spiritual principles to inspire your life, or coaching to provide you with the tools to live more fully, visit Chris's website at www.chrismichaels.net. That's www.chrismichaels.net. There is Reverend Paulette's mantra is, It's all a prayer. Tune in every Tuesday as Unity Minister Paulette Pipe leads you in meditation and prayer on touching the stillness. Make no mistake, this is not nap time. With an energy that will captivate you, touching the stillness will guide you in deep meditation, leaving you enlivened. Hear astounding meditations and learn more about different forms of meditation. Enrich your prayer life as Reverend Paulette, Senior Minister of Touching the Stillness Ministries, affirmatively prays with power and authority by taking live prayer requests from callers like you. 
Whether you have a prayer request for yourself or for a loved one or are ready for a deepened meditation experience, make sure you tune in on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Central Time, where we'll be joining in consciousness with the unceasing prayer activity of the Silent Unity 24-7 Prayer Ministry at Unity Village. That's Touching the Stillness with Rev. Paulette Pipe every Tuesday right here on Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Letting go in the stillness. You're listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. We now return to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Yogacharya O'Brien, and I'm joined today by yoga teacher and transformational leader and founder of Baptiste Power Vinyasa Yoga, Baron Baptiste. And we're in this segment, we're going to continue our conversation of what it means to be in our power. And Baron, one of the practices that you cite in your book for um, really being able to live authentically is to be able to get comfortable with not knowing. And um, as I was mentioning to you uh, offline during the break, we're including this in our series on leadership. And, um, you know, I find one of the pitfalls to being in a position of leadership, wherever that, wherever that is, is that, you know, we have sometimes some internal pressure and maybe some external pressure um, to somehow know, you know, to be an authority. And um, the idea of, you know, not knowing um, can be a little um, uncomfortable for us. Um, and, and so there's that level. And then, of course, you know, the not knowing um, in the bigger context of just as a way of being in our life, you know, not having all the answers, not knowing where we're going, and so on. So talk a little bit about why you included that practice. Yeah, you know, the power of not knowing, um, it's a powerful place to stand. Um, a, a place of higher learning is my experience. It, to not know opens us up to any possibility and, and alternate pathways. So, you know, we don't know what we don't know is, is a way of saying it. So we all see with the eyes we have, we see from our own filters, our own past experiences, and we, we listen and we see from a certain view. And when we're attached to what we already know and leading from what we already know, we don't hold the space for anything new. So we will get certain results, and maybe those results are fine, and, and, but they're born out of a knowing and based on past experiences of what's maybe worked or not worked. But when we drop what we know, we open up to a realm of, of possibility, a new kind of possibility in a realm of the unknown, the realm of the miraculous, the, a, a space for grace to intervene and, and come into to the space or place we're in, in in any moment and in any interaction or situation. Mm-hmm. So it's really a, a powerful place to not know 
is to open up to a, a higher kind of knowing, an inner knowing, that mm-hmm. still small place of truth within each of us is access uh, versus the intellectual, rational knowing of how to do something can be more of an automatic uh, pilot way of, of being. Um, so not dropping what you know opens up a whole realm of, of a new kind of possibility. Mm, I'm thinking of um, the Zen master, uh, Suzuki Roshi, who said, um, in the beginner's mind, there are many possibilities, and in the expert's mind, there are few. And uh, mm-hmm. I've always, I've always loved that, and and used it, you know, to to remind myself to um, uh, cultivate that position of possibility. And in your book, you you, you also point out how, um, you know, th- of course, this opens us to grace and to a bigger space of um, potential and possibility in terms of our our growth, um, perhaps as teachers or leaders. Um, but also, you talk about how. It can be um, uh, like a healing bomb, I would say, um, in our relationships um, because often the idea, you know, that we, we hold on to our story about something, you know, in relationship that doesn't allow healing to come or doesn't allow us to grow um, because we think we know, you know, we think we know what happened. We think we know, you know, where the person was coming from. And, um, so I, I was moved by, um, some of the stories that you told and, and your own story, you know, of, of healing, um, in your, in your own family. Uh, when you, when you step more and more into the sense of not knowing, you know, the other person completely uh, as you thought you did. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, with, um, you know, something I've opened up to in, in my own life experience, and, and it's what I share in, in the book, um, Being a Power of Not Knowing, is that there's something in our knowing where we uh, relate to others as if, well, we know them, and it's how they are is fixed, and um, it's a way of objectifying life and people, and it's almost like we're relating to people like they're linear and, and relating to life like it's linear and almost like a bullet point. Well, he does this, so therefore he's that way, and that's all he is. I had that uh, kind of story about my parents and my father uh, for a long time. You know, he was a certain way, and he is, you know, he, he is a certain way. He is, um, um, he is judgmental. He is you know, angry, he is closed off, and that's all he is and who he is. <laughs> but, and I could have that about anyone, including myself, and, but it's a rigid um, kind of view. And what I've gotten to is life is not linear. I may be relating to life and myself and my own body. I may have, you know, linear, fixed uh, judgments or perceptions, beliefs, but it's it doesn't mean it's true. So I've just gotten to life is totally malleable. Human beings are totally malleable and organic. Life is organic, not linear. And when we, when we drop what we know, we open up to the, the miraculous, organic, um, 
spontaneity, creative energy of life, the Shakti, the, mm-hmm. the um, just that moving, ending, never-ending change. And at the heart of everything is stillness, the quiet stillness, and we can call that a kind of peace of mind when we're living mm-hmm. from that stillness. And, and, and from that peace and that inner stillness, there isn't a knowing. We have things we know, and we can utilize those things we know, but we're not attached to them as mm. uh, and being right about what we know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, I, and I think we've all experienced, you know, what it's like um, to be um, living in that contracted, ego-protective um, space of having, you know, a fixed idea, you know, about being right, another person's wrong. Um, and it really doesn't feel very good, you know, and, and as you point out in your book, you know, once you get underneath of it all, usually what you will discover is fear. You know, it's, it's an ego reaction to, to um, fear. And um, when we talk about occupying that space of not knowing and openness and possibility, um, we're really talking about shifting awareness um, from the self-protective ego um, to a deeper place in ourselves, this expansive um, essence of being, you know, where we're, we're, the ego is there, but we're not um, identified uh, with ego, you know, and a- as you describe this, I remember a moment, you know, with my own father where, you know, I had a story uh, about my father, which was, you know, sometimes true, <laughs> it was sometimes the truth about him, but it was, you know, it was about him not being available, you know, to be in relationship with me. And it took me, you know, many years of work and, you know, sort of banging our heads together. And But I remember so poignantly, you know, one moment in time that is still with me and my father has passed on. But I remember this moment where I had, you know, dropped my story about him and I was getting ready to leave his house and I was sitting in the car, you know, and I looked at him and I'd always looked at him through the eyes of his lack of availability. And in that moment, that had all fallen away. And I saw in his eyes that he was he was available and his love was available you know what wasn't available was me and um that was really a powerful powerful moment for me and you know so when we when we begin to do this work and and to to look at the stories that we we tell you know about ourselves and about others and become willing to open up to um, another possibility as you say life and relationship becomes very malleable very changeable and and healing can come in in just a moment like that Oh yeah, I love your story, and um, it's so it's so wonderful, and it makes the point. I um, actually relate to that. I similar with my father. I would always say, you know, he's not emotionally available to me. He's not there for me, and uh, he never called me. He, you know, I moved at a certain point. I moved from San Francisco to Los Angeles, and it's like my dad never calls me, and so that was evidence that he wasn't available, and that he didn't really care. <laughs> and then one day a friend of mine said, okay, well, your dad doesn't call you, but, it, but and then he, my friend says, well, um, how often do you call him? <laughs> I said, well, I don't because he doesn't call me. <laughs> and he goes, okay, well, you're not very available either. And I, and mm-hmm. I just, the light went on. It's like, wait a minute, I'm not available. And when I started calling my dad and reaching out and connecting, 
similar to what you're, you experienced energetically with your dad, I, I actually thought my dad was available and in his own way. He grew up at a time, you know, back in the early, you know, he was born in 1917, a whole different mm-hmm. era. They didn't have phones and they didn't mm-hmm. have, you know, a lot of things. It just wasn't a part of his way mm-hmm. of operating, you know. And, but I would call him and he would spend time with me on the phone and chat and, uh, and I was able to create something once uh, with him and get to know him in a whole new way that I'd never known my dad. I actually got to know, love my dad before he passed away. I got to love him again like I was five years old. It, it mm. felt like that. Mm. And, and that came from me taking responsibility for, well, I wanted emotional availability. And, well, I was responsible at the end of the day. If I wanted that, well, go create that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yes, and that's so beautiful. And part of it, you know, a, a, as you mentioned in the book too, is um, <clears throat> ex- accepting people, accepting things the way they are and the way they are not. And so um, while you're talking about, you know, accepting um, your role, you know, and being available, um, I think, you know, there's also the piece of accepting others, you know, as they are. Like, you know, when you tell your dad's story, is the insight of, you know, how he came from a different time and, you know, perhaps he, he just had a different um, skill set too, you know, and, and, that mm-hmm. was true. and that was true for my dad. So, you know, at some point I had to say, um, this is as far as he can go, you know, I, in a sense of um, what what skill sets he was bringing to the relationship. And once I accepted that, um, which is so paradoxical, you know, once I accepted that, things began to change. Um, and, of course, that's something you touch on a lot in the book that, you know, when we stop resisting things um, and we accept them as they are and as they are not, then that's a place of possibility. Um, yeah. yeah. So, and you, and you do, it touch on, you know, many stories in the book about, about that um, powerful, powerful practice, whether it's, um, you know, letting go of uh, resistance to something, uh, getting empty or letting things be. Um, Let's talk a little bit about that, about how accepting something is not resignation. Um, help, help us clear that one up. Yeah, so um, one of the practices, as you just mentioned in, in the book, is, is let it be. And um, the, the, let me say it like, actually, let me refer to the word power for a moment. So Aristotle said that power is the ability to be and let be. Power is the ability to be and let be. And I, I love that uh, definition of, of power by Aristotle. And, and we're speaking here of being, being of power. Power is a way of being and the ability to let be, the ability to be and let be in yourself and, and in others. And I would say that when we have the capacity and it's a part of our practice to to be and let be and let others be and let them be who they are and who they are not, that is a, 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 a total acceptance. And in that total acceptance of, of be and let be and, and holding, um, well, allowing for this being uh, and others to be and, and let them be is a total acceptance. And from that base of total acceptance, 
almost anything is possible. Uh, there, there's just spa- lots of space to create. There are uh, pa- new pathways, alternate pathways that were previously not in our view suddenly manifest. And, and we see things we didn't see before about a person, like, uh, like you mentioned your breakthrough with your father. And, um, mm-hmm. and, and I had that similar experience of, of a breakthrough in my view but it really began with um, a total acceptance of just, you know, to be and, and, and let for me to be and let him be, you know, who he is and who he's not. And let's just start from that ground zero, that, that place of, you know, no thing. I'm not attaching some thing or projecting some thing that I have on my dad from the past. But just be and let be. And from there we can organically engage in conversation and, and inquiry and, 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 and something simple and some things then simple, like talking about the weather or talking about um, just thing, everyday things that are happening suddenly lead into openings uh, that, that have substance and depth in our humanity and sharing. And I really realized I used to get really upset. You know, I'd get angry when I was younger, like my dad that, he just wants to talk about shallow things. He doesn't want to talk about anything meaningful <laughs> with me. And I was the one shutting all that down because when I would just let it, our space be and let him be and, and uh, on his terms even, yeah, we'd talk about the weather, we'd talk about what he ate or what I ate, and, but pretty soon it opened up into more, um, you know, deeper things. And, and I got to know him. And, and experience him as emotionally available. And, and it came out of this total acceptance, just let it be. It was really a beautiful place to, um, to experience another human being. And, and it, therefore, I had a new experience of myself. Absolutely. I, and it's a beautiful, um, description that you, that you have offered of the way that that can happen. I, and I, I, we're getting ready to head into the break. And I, I just want to say that, um, I think, you know, what you're bringing to light is to help us see that we can't be free to be, um, being, be in our power. We can't ourselves be free as long as we hold others in judgment. And sometimes we miss that connection. Um, you know, sometimes we, we think that, okay, well, I'm, you know, I'm free. I'm about being free, but that person over there, you know, they're really stuck. And, and, we, and so we don't, we don't realize that anytime we hold another, uh, in judgment like that, it really just bounces right back, um, to us. I'm Ellen Grace O'Brien and you're listening to the Yoga Hour with special guest, Baron Baptiste, author of New uh, of breakthrough. No, I've got the wrong title for your book there. Let me get back to it. Um, it is Being of Power The Nine Practices to Ignite an Empowered Life. We'll be right back with you. In jest, there is truth. Shakespeare made the line famous. And at Holy Rascals, we've taken it to heart. Join us at HolyRascals.com, a spiritual education resource and community of spirits. 
spiritual boundary crossers who are on a truth-seeking journey that doesn't shy away from humor and frank conversations. HolyRascals.com offers cutting-edge webinars, short online videos, and podcasts. Our featured teachers are inclusive, radical, and often funny people who embrace the common heart of all religions. Find us on Facebook or check out our upcoming programs at www.holyrascals.com. Do you think you know all you want to know about the characters in the Bible? Do you know who could be called the king who loved too much? Or what it means to be a Jezebel? Or that the best love story in the Bible begins with the declared commitment of two women? The Bible's symbolic meaning can help you transform your life and discover the presence and power of God within you. Find out what these characters can teach you about your own life today by tuning into Biblical Power for Your Life. Each week, co-hosts Rev. Karen Tudor and E.J. Niles present a Bible character from a historical, cultural, psychological, and symbolic perspective. Your comments and questions are part of this lively discussion. Tune in every Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, and power up your life only at Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. If you have a question, please submit it via email at the Yoga Hour at UnityOnlineRadio.org and we will respond. Now, back to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Ellen Grace O'Brien and my guest today is Baron. Baptiste, and you can find out more about his um, books and about his teaching at baronbaptiste.com, B-A-R-O-N-B-A-P-T-I-S-T-E.com, and, and we've been talking about living authentically and then uh, drawing from some of the nine practices in his book, um, and uh, really at the core of it all is this um, living authentically learning to um, really live in truth. And, you know, I was thinking, Baron, that th- th- uh, many times in your book, you, you mentioned your respect for Gandhiji and, um, you know, how his life has inspired you. And I, and I was thinking as we were talking this morning, how, you know, Gandhiji honed, he honed in really on one principle, you know, that principle of himsa and um, it became clear that if, if you really could live it, um, you know, you, you would be of power, right? You know, just exactly as you talk in your book. And it seems to me that in some ways you're doing the same thing with Satya, that, um, that this focus on authenticity has to do with what it really is about to live in truth, to embrace the truth on all levels. Um, do you think that's, do you think that's accurate? Mm. Yeah, I, um, you know, as you're speaking, a, a couple of things come to mind that, well, firstly, the fundamental truth, uh, that truth sets us free. And um, there's, in my experience, there's 
two truths. There's our personal truth, which I will refer to as truth with a lowercase t. And then there's truth, uh, truth with a capital T, which um, we were speaking earlier about when we know something and we know it from our own experience. And, and there may be truths in that, that, that and, and truth in our experience, but we can still say that, that I would say, and, and based on working with truth in the book of expanding, using truth as a, as a way to expand into freedom and actually being the experience of freedom is, is really to um, oh, give up the lowercase truth you know, to step into, well, I don't know what I don't know, to, and to come into the space of be and let be, a space of total acceptance, and in a way that's standing in the truth with a capital T, and it is a space of, well, I don't know, and I don't know what I don't know. It's a space to stand in um, for a new kind of learning or experience of life, and so does that and in and, and Gandhi, you know, uh, just a quick thing with Gandhi is, you know, someone, um, I've heard just Gandhi speak so much. Well, we've all heard his quote of, you know, be the change that you would like to see. He didn't say do the change. He said be the change. So, <laughs> you know, being, being of something. Um, and, and in this, the book, Being the Power, um, we, you know, you asked the question earlier, well, what is it, what, how is being a power different than being empowered? Um, and they are different to me in that being empowered would be a, a condition or a result. Um, and, and that's great. Yeah, nothing wrong with that at all. And, but it would be more speaking to a result where being something, um, you know, if, if any of us have ever, I know when I was, Sometimes, I, you know, I have three little dogs, and I'll, I'll look and I go, wonder, like, I'll inquire, what is it to be like my dog? Like, how does my dog experience life and experience <laughs> this moment? And, and my dogs seem so simple. They sleep, they eat, they play, and then they sleep again. And I'm just, you know, inquiring into what is it like to be uh, a, and there is my dog or a dog or a cat or – and and. And so, but to inquire into our own being and like, who are we being and being a yes, back to the first practice, being a yes for the changes you want to see. So that leads us to the last practice in the book, um, you know, setting your eyes on, on your true, your northern star, set your sights on your northern star is really putting your yes, standing for, um, you know, who, being the change that you want to see and, and being that change right now here, not mm -hmm. as a some, someday phenomena or maybe one day, you know, that, that'll change into the way I want it, but actually standing in the possibility that um, the change I want to see, and if I'm being that change, it's actually a right now here phenomena. Mm, a moment-to-moment -moment phenomena, and being a power as a moment-to-moment -moment phenomena, a now-here phenomena. Yeah, and you use the language in your book of, you know, if we are really going to stand in that um, possibility and embrace all that we are, the language for that is I am, 
you know, not I'm going to be or not I will try or, <laughs> or not maybe, but, but I am. And so we, we close the gap, you know, between, you know, because anytime we, we hold, you know, well, I want to be or I'm trying to be, uh, or even I, I will, you know, I will has a little more power to it, but, um, you know, that always, I always think of that, uh, like the, the, the dog races or the horse race where they put the carrot out there, you know, and it always remains out there in the future, you know, when we, when we hold it that way in our language. Um, but we, when we move into the power to declare and to take a stand, you know, I am, and we start living out of the possibility, um, now, you know, that's what, um, I think being of power is and and it, mm. it it's here it's here in the moment. Mm. Yes, yes. And so you know when we think about this, Baron, and the the tools that you've given us nine different tools in your book for doing this. Um, you know what what do you see um, as let, let's take it to a really big scale? You know the possibilities um, in in the lives of individuals, but even beyond that in our world, you know, what, what is the vision that you have, the really big vision, you know, for what, what the world um, can be as people live their power? You know, I, I see a, um, the, the vision, the possibility of people being of power, which is, Again, a starting place, so to be and let be, a place of um, a world where there's acceptance, and from that acceptance, there's a, like a blank canvas where we can coexist creatively as creative beings and create from a place of total acceptance, each of us uniquely and in a way um, that collaborates and co-creates, almost like... Um, you know, a, a school of fish, you know, moving through water and spaces and, and in a way that is, you know, graceful and supportive. And, and together we can go places and, and accomplish uh, things and create things together that, that alone we really can't do. Mm-hmm. So it, it's really, and it begins with each of us uniquely and, and, from that, we share and we express ourselves creatively and collabor- collaboratively with others. Mm. Mm. That's such a beautiful description. I, I, I love them. I'm going to hold that in my mind that it's like all oh, the fish can swim together and the birds can fly together. It's a beautiful vision for humanity. And um, as we close, I just want to offer that, you know, uh, what I have seen in, uh, in your work, Baron, is this um, opening us to view this. In a sense, it's kind of paradoxical that as we stand in, as we become, uh, you know, we, we are being of power, this actually removes moves power struggles that hold us back because power struggles you know come from that um, sense of ego identity and when you're what you're talking about this being of power is standing in uh, really our divine self open to possibility it's been really a joy to share this uh, yoga hour with you thank you so much Baron for uh, joining us today I appreciate it thank you for your great work 
Thank you. I want to remind listeners to visit his website, baronbaptiste.com. And next week, we're going to be continuing this series on spiritual leadership with the program Two Birds in a Tree, The Essential Role of Being. We're back to being again. The Essential Role of Being in Leadership. And we'll be joined um, by Ram Nidamulu. We'll be talking about his new book. For information um, about the online spiritual practice course that's uh, now being offered, uh, Live the Eternal Way. You can visit csecenter.org. And remember to subscribe to the Yoga Hour at iTunes if you haven't already done that. And let your friends know about this program through Facebook. I look forward to being with you next week. Until then, be in your power. Let your inner light shine into the world. Share your peace and your joy with all that you meet. Bye, everyone. Bye, Baron. Thank you again. Thank you for tuning in to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Join us every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, for practical, purposeful methods for spiritually conscious living every day. The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by friends and members of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California, a ministry in the tradition of Kriya Yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization, www.csecenter.org. Request free literature by writing info at csecenter.org. Are you ready for deeper spiritual breakthroughs? Have you wondered how to apply spiritual principles to your everyday life in practical ways? Do you feel your soul is calling you to deeper purposes? Join Rev. Galen McDowell live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central for Truth Transforms, a discussion on how God within you, as you, is the power to transform your life. If you really believe that consciousness determines your experiences and that you are an individualized expression of God, join us as we help awaken and transform the consciousness of humanity. We will discuss, through lecture, live interviews and call-in questions, spiritual healing, prayer, prosperity, forgiveness, new thought views about eternal life, and much more. The world is waiting for your truth transformation, only on Unity Online Radio. Inspiration only takes a moment. Reverend Dr. Thomas Shepard shares this from his book, Good Questions. We are here to learn, grow, experience, savor, exalt, cherish, create, and to use our connection with that mind to make safe decisions. We are here to share to be fruitful and to multiply the good over and over again. Centering on the divine within, we become still and realize that whatever happens, we are still one with God. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity.
Whether you love the Bible or hate it, turn to it daily or refuse to have it in your house, The Bible Alive, Exploring Your Spiritual Roadmap is a program designed just for you. Unity Minister Rev. Ed Townley presents the Bible as a practical, powerful spiritual roadmap full of wisdom and guidance for the challenges of life today. A roadmap for your spiritual journey. Isn't that just what you're seeking? Listen live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Central Time for The Bible Alive, exploring your spiritual roadmap with Rev. Ed Townley, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to experience the rich interconnection of spirituality, orientation, and identity? If so, plan to attend Liberating Your Divine Identity, a retreat at Unity Village during Pride Month, June 9th to the 12th. This soul-filled retreat is facilitated by LGBTQIA plus Unity Ministers with workshops and ceremonies to cultivate a deeper awareness of our spiritual nature. Register at unityvillage.org forward slash divine 2022 